Welcome to the Body Podcast. I'm your host, Yashwan Chilakuru, and today I want to dig a little deeper into the implications of India's patent law. Last week, I talked about India's implementation of the TRIPS agreement and how it had very little impact on drug prices and sales in the past 11 years. The study we looked at only examined the short-term consequences. But to study the long-term consequences, we have to look at the clashes between India's Supreme Court and multinational pharmaceutical companies. These cases, as they are currently becoming resolved, are creating a precedent that will affect drug access for billions of people across the world. When TRIPS was being implemented in India, many people saw it as Western multinational drug companies exerting their power over India, trying to extract greater profits and market control. And this sentiment came to light under the landmark case of Novartis versus the Union of India. It not only set the precedent of what is patentable in India, but also, more importantly, gave developing countries the power to prioritize their public health interests over the interests of multinational pharmaceutical companies. So I'm going to break down the case, and to do so, we have to go all the way back to 1993 when Novartis filed a patent in the U.S. and other countries for imatinib, a cancer drug used to treat CML, a form of leukemia. Two years later, in 1995, the World Trade Organization implemented TRIPS, which again is the Agreement on Trade-Related Aspects of Intellectual Property Rights. This required countries like India to update their patent laws, which meant for the first time ever the Indian government would issue patent patents. India had until 2005 to comply, and this was a huge risk for the generic drug industry in India. So fast forwarding two years into 1997, Novartis created the beta-crystalline form of imatinib called imatinib mezelli, also known as Gleevec. And they filed patents all across the world for this drug, including in India this time. And they were awarded a patent in most places based on the fact that this form of the drug was much more effective. But they didn't actually have evidence at this time. So in 2005, when India finally implemented their patent reform, they took a look at Novartis' application for Gleevec, and they denied it under Section 3D of Indian Patent Law. Essentially, Novartis stated that their drug was more effective because it was 30% more bioavailable, which essentially means that it is absorbed into, into the bloodstream 30% more easily. However, to be considered a new invention under Indian Patent Law, the beta-crystalline form of Gleevec had to have increased therapeutic effect and the Indian government ruled that bio or technically the Indian Supreme Courts ruled that increased bioavailability does not necessarily mean increased curative properties. From 2006 until 2013, Novartis continually challenged the decision of the Indian Patent Controller in court and the case eventually reached the Supreme Court of India and India upheld the decision of the patent controller. So this was a huge win for the NGOs that provide medical treatment to the developing world, like Doctors Without Borders and UNICEF. But it also set a couple precedents. The first major precedent was between domestic public health issues versus multinational corporate interests. The big worry with TRIPS was that it would be interpreted in a way that would suppress the voices of developing nations. But the decision against Novartis resisted this. It empowered developing countries to prioritize their people's public health interests over multinational corporations' interests. So the second uh, precedent that was basically set was the reversal of Indian patent 
law. So the decision by the Supreme Court essentially reversed India's patent practice from the past 50 years when their first patent law came into place. Previously, they could issue no product patents until 2005, which meant that essentially you cannot patent any item or drug in India. But now their patent law is so strict that Novartis's drug was not innovative enough compared to their other product that already out there on the market to deserve a patent. Even though the very same drug got a patent in other countries, including the US. So essentially, India has one of the strictest patent standards in the world now. This is a complete 180 degree turn from what it was just two decades ago. But this raises a bunch of big questions. So what is the importance of patent law? Because the goal of it is to drive innovation. And the consequences are that it makes a lot of things extremely expensive, especially life-saving drugs. Because Gleevec in the U.S. costs $84,000 a year to take. But in India, it's just under $2,000. So there's a huge difference in pricing because of patent law. And this means a huge difference in access to medication. But the effect of TRIPS on India's drug industry is yet to be seen. But I can't help but think that having stricter patent law must be better than the lax one here in the U.S. So next week on Body, we're going to take a look into U.S. drug patent law. And what is it? How does it work? And does it really drive innovation? Or are companies merely just patenting slight variations on existing molecules to maintain their drug monopolies? And to close this out today, I just want to say when I started this podcast, I did not expect it to be so focused on patent law. But the more I dig into it, the more I realize that these laws are insanely important to our access to healthcare. And it's important to understand these laws, even though they can be confusing. They are purposefully confusing and opaque because drug companies do not want the public to know about them because it threatens their monopoly power and profit margins. Public awareness is a risk for multinational corporations. But it's important to be aware because it allows us to advocate for ourselves, our health, and our safety.